What is going on? We are back. It's another episode of the Gas and Go podcast. Fresh off of another break, ready to break down the Bushlight Clash and whatever else might come up. This is our first episode here in 2022 after finishing up 2021 with the second annual Gas and Go holiday special. Took us a while to come down after that rousing display of comedy gold, but we're somewhat rested, somewhat ready, and somewhat here to start the 2022 season. The whole gang is in the house to kick things off, and we're going to try to mix it up a little bit as we get going this year. If you're joining us for the first time, thanks for stumbling upon us. If you're a loyal returner, we love you and thank you. So let's get it going and bring in the rest of the crew. No introductions. You can listen to the last 51 episodes to get a better idea of who we are. But we've got our gas man, Papa Bear Dave, our analytics guru, Ryan, a.k.a. Rhino, Jackman Dill, and Spotter Cons, the fiercest crew in all of NASCAR podcast land. Boys, how are we feeling in 2022? Gas tank on this Monday is five-eighths full. The gas man is feeling good. Glad to be back. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to get into stage one here pretty quickly and talk about the race. But I, I want to pose this question to you guys after what we witnessed this weekend. So as most people who listen to this podcast know, we all went to Virginia Tech. So some of us actually saw a football game inside of a racetrack when Virginia Tech played Tennessee at Bristol. This weekend, we, we witnessed a race inside of a football stadium. I mean, I know it's been other things, but football stadium as of right now. So that begs the question. It's a two-part question. A, which one's better, football inside of a racetrack or racetrack inside of a football stadium? And B, what is the next football stadium we need to get a race inside of? I'll lead off here since nobody seems to be jumping in. Um, Look, I got to say Bristol Motor Speedway with 160,000 loud football fans is one of the coolest things I have ever experienced in my life. And while I think 50,000 people at the Coliseum is an awesome turnout, I don't think it compares to a college football game in a stadium with that many seats. Speaking of seats, let's go to Michigan, the big house, pave it, heck 110,000 race fans in like the home of motor, big motor blocks. Let's go. Let's go to Ann Arbor. I'm going to throw something a little different out here. Maybe not a football stadium, but I want to see it a race inside Fenway Park or some sort of baseball stadium. Get it crammed in there. You're getting about an eighth of a mile all the way around the track. I think that would be interesting. Are you going Pocono style with the triangle at Fenway? Ooh, 297 yeah. down Pesky yeah. Pole? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Well, Ryan's been shaking his head at the first two, but I think he's going to like where I'm headed with this one. For that first question, it is, you know, it's a NASCAR podcast, but a football stadium and non-football venues is always the coolest thing ever. But for next stadium for NASCAR, we already saw how good indoor racing was in Bristol. So why don't we take this thing to Jerry World? Give me that with that giant scoreboard right <laughs> over it too. Ooh, baby. Roof open or closed to Jerry World? Or you're oh, saying closed? All the way closed. All the way closed. Get those fumes really <laughs> permeating throughout. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can smell it now. <laughs> Homage to the Chili Bowl. I like that a lot. <laughs> I would, as the F1 guy here, I would go across the pond. Kevin Harvick suggested this yesterday. I would go to the Wembley Stadium right there in London. They hosted the Olympics as well. Bigger track. 
Fenway Park, Michigan Stadium, you're not going to get the full quarter mile deal. And Dave, no one goes to the Michigan race. Why would they show up to like the Michigan race at the big house? There'd be no pizzazz there. Bad idea by you. <laughs> yeah, because the Michigan track and a slightly below quarter mile track in the big house are very similar racing experiences. Good point, Ryan. All right, I'm going. I'm surprised nobody said this. I'm going uh, Louisiana Saturday night down in Baton Rouge inside a Tiger Stadium, Death Valley. You get the you get the LSU home crowd there and a eight eight o'clock green flag all day tailgating. That is a fun time right there. That that screams party central. <laughs> I tell you, the tires would have plenty of grip in that atmosphere. So. Uh... <laughs> For that, from that perspective, I'm literally sweating thinking about it. <laughs> is Coach O making an appearance, or is he, uh, you know, behind the scenes still at that oh, point? Grand Marshal, Coach O. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> Not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be epic. Um, all right. Well, I actually, uh, to, to answer the first part, Dave was right about how awesome it was to watch that football game at Bristol, except for, like, actually watching the football game because we were so far away. Because the track, the football field inside of this track was was pretty small. But um, seeing that LA Coliseum, that they like they knocked that out of the park to set up there inside of that stadium. It it almost looked like it. That's what it was meant to be. Like they did such a good job integrating it there into the field. Very impressed. Um, and let's let's continue to talk about that. And let's just jump into stage one here. So Dale, why don't why don't we get going into stage one? Play us in. All right, stage one, we're going to talk about the race here, mix it up a little bit. We've done paint schemes in stage one before, but we're going back to talk about the race, especially this race. Hot take here, maybe not that hot. I I was fully expecting this to uh, not live up to expectations, but I think it over exceeded expectations. I, I just think it was a win, win, win. Everything about it this weekend seemed to be to be awesome. Um, and the racing was great. So that that's my kickoff take of the race this weekend. Yeah, hats off to NASCAR and all the smart people who were able to build a track on a football field. You know, it had its naysayers in the beginning. Why are we spending money going for a temporary track? But I think it, it should bear out that you might have gotten, you know, 50,000 new fans, you know, 70% showing up for their first race. So could be a big deal. It's just where is NASCAR going to go next? How will they run this into the ground and how will they ruin it? Probably. Yeah, that's true. I, they could overplay <laughs> this. <laughs> I agree it was a hit. I mean, it was it was entertaining. It was good racing. It was good pageantry. Um, and, you know, I saw some back and forth on Twitter, which you should never go read the comments there. But, you know, empty seats we saw on television. But we there were still 50,000 people there, which is more than go to a lot of these tracks, which is a ton more than would have been at Daytona for a similar event. Um, and if we're just talking strictly racing, I've been thinking about this a good deal. Um, and it's, it was that fine line of like tactical racing that real race fans like and the bumping and banging that rubes like me enjoy. And I really think it was just a great combination of both of those things. And, you know, you could do it apparently without right turns. It, that was a big win for me. I don't know. I don't know why we ever like, I can't, maybe, maybe we need Nate Ryan back on to explain this to us again, but like, 
why was there that shift to these mile and a half behemoth tracks that like produced not great racing at all away from all these short tracks that just Sunday night just proved it was short track racing is the bread and butter of NASCAR. Like this is what they should be doing almost every week. I mean, super speedways. Yeah. Maybe a mile and a half, you know, five or six a year, but short tracks are, are what is exciting in this sport. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think the drivers were excited too, which was really cool. I mean, I, I heard them talking, I think during the qualifying runs about Kevin Harvick calling his crew chief at like four o'clock in the morning because he couldn't sleep and just wanted to talk about strategy for the race. And to have a, a veteran like Harvick just that fired up for this race, I think it speaks to, uh, to the quality of racing. Do you think it was actually the short track portion of it that was that big of a deal or just the L.A. Coliseum of it all, the exhibition portion? Like what was the, the magic formula that took it to this, this grand event? I, think, I mean, if you're talking event, then there's layers and layers and layers. The racing specifically, I think it was a very well-designed track. It's half the size of anything they go to. So, I mean, it's just so new. Plus, they're running a new car at it. I mean, it's just tons of layers. Well, Ryan, I mean, I see what you're saying there, but I don't think we're on this podcast talking about how excited and how much we loved it if that was a mile-and-a-half track at, like, some new crazy place, right? Like, let's say it's, like, the Grand Canyon. They, like, put a mile-and-a-half <laughs> track down there or something, right? Like, the, the racing still would have been a mile-and-a-half racing. Like, the, I think the short track racing really, I mean, it, it, it was, it hit the nail on the head. I think it was like a cool race before it even started, which helped it a lot too. I think LA hype, you know, and Grand Canyon versus LA type of thing, anywhere cool that's making NASCAR new, regardless if it's a LA or a different location, I think is helping them. And I think it helped a lot this weekend to have people excited to watch it more so than, you know, a, a traditional just kickoff might it might have been. Phil's absolutely right. But when you see guys in third place, I got, you know, when you see guys who could be the choose cone became very important because guys are taking the inside. They're going, they're, they're losing spots to take certain lines. Um, it, it's where they're putting the nose of the race car to get guys out of the way. So it's that strategy and also that just brute force of just banging cars around the track. So just from a racing perspective, from an action perspective, there was way more passing than I expected. I, I assume everyone except for Ryan is disappointed that Joey Logano won. <laughs> My pockets got a little fatter, so I can't complain too much. Um, but yeah. Logano knows how to win on these random tracks. I mean, he won Bristol Dirt last year. You know, you build a track at LA Coliseum. Logano's ready to play. Doesn't matter the spotter, you know, doesn't matter the scenario. He he's ready to go. He's the king of no points races. <laughs> Tries a little bit harder than everybody else. Yeah. That was I mean, yeah, it was good racing though. So I gotta give him that. Um all right, let's let's dive into a couple things here. I got I got notes on uh, the heat races. You guys enjoyed those and, and the way that shook out to get this down to 23 cars. I think 36 cars would have been mayhem. Yeah, agreed. And I, they had to cut the field down. I wish they'd been longer. Um, it just felt like if you start in eighth position, you're, you're it's it's a real struggle to get past that many cars. I understand it's also a struggle to just put more laps on these cars. So it's I thought it was well-balanced, but I would have liked to see those. I, I would agree with you, Dave, but that, that fourth race strung out for a while. That that one was like 20, 15 minutes, and they're all like that. It would have it would have been terrible. Those first three were in and out. I think guys kind of knew if I get fifth or sixth, I'm 
spotted well for the last chance qualifier. That's what Denny did. And he was able to punch his ticket in that way. But the heat race has definitely added an extra component to the whole, the whole thing. You, you, people were there and they got to see seven finishes. You don't always get to see that many. So it was really good bang for your buck if you were going. And it would kind of get me more excited to want to go than not go if you're seeing that many finishes. Yeah, I think it pays it, it pays tribute right to the smaller venues in the sport and the, and the smaller series in the sport where you see multiple qualifying races to get into a big event. Um, whereas, you know, we're used to NASCAR where it's just you qualify, you go race. And this was, I think, a lot more like what you see at a traditional short track. The other thing I noticed this weekend was uh, how the parity that we thought might come with this new car and, and them having to all use the same parts uh, could be playing out. I, and I, I, I caveat that because I assume everybody, even the lower budget teams are throwing a lot of money into this race and getting, getting their cars the best they could be. But I mean, we had Eric Jones and the new GMS Petty team finished fourth, you know, Ryan priest made it into the main event. Uh, Justin Haley was running really, really strong for colleagues up until, uh, he got put into the wall there by Larson. Um, it, so it, 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 it seems like the parody uh, that, that, you know, everyone is hoping for might be coming to fruition. I mean, we'll definitely see after Daytona, we'll see, we'll see parody at Daytona, but after that, it'll be interesting to see where these teams sort of shake up in the long run and where the budgets play out. But right now uh, it seems like a lot of, a lot of cars are up there, you know, running well. I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to be sold on that when you got a, what a Penske Joe Gibbs finish with RCR up there. I mean, I think, I think the best maybe point, both RCR cars looked extremely good, even Austin Dillon's, which is mind boggling. So maybe, maybe that gives the most credence to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Don't you still kind of want the good teams to still run well in the middle teams to still run in the middle and the bad teams to run bad. It, you just kind of, if you don't have that and you just have complete parody and it's random, then there's no value you can apply to an Eric Jones top five. It just doesn't mean anything anymore. So you still kind of need the cars to be segmented. And I think over time that'll, that'll kind of even out, but in the beginning of the year, like it could be anyone's race as they're trying to figure it out. I disagree. I think, I think you do want more parity. You don't want in the NFL and the NBA and the NHL to be like, these teams always finish last. The NFL is so good because any team every year could be go to the Super Bowl. You got the Bengals this year. That's an exciting team to watch. I want to see Eric Jones make the playoffs, make the, you know, the last eight or whatever it is. Yeah, I'd like to see some more OKGs, some of these, you know, kind of mid-level guys. I'd like to think they could win. I mean, that's – Corey LaJoy was a, one of our first cup drivers, maybe our first cup driver. Great interview. You know, we always talk about that. And I would like to think on any given Sunday, speaking of parody, that he could go win a race. And I, I last year, I don't think that was likely, except for maybe the plate races. So you bring that equipment a little closer together. Yeah, I'd like to see Eric Jones win. I can see Corey LaJoy win. Speaking yeah. of the big F1 guy, isn't that F1's biggest problem where it's the same three guys are pretty much racing every week? Nothing Some else? people would call that a problem. Some people <laughs> would call that consistency. And it wouldn't, if an Eric Jones is winning every single week, then it wouldn't really matter well, anymore. Eric Jones is winning every week. That's not parody. <laughs> okay. Your so, Hall of Famer, Eric Jones. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you have those guys still at the back, you know, the middle, the, the, the bottom crew, but maybe they can win, you know, in, again, any given Sunday, maybe they won't make the playoffs, but maybe you see a little more wins from some uh, lower tier guys. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't want the Penske Gibbs, 
uh, Hendrick sort of cruise to show up every week and get the top 12 spots. I know that's not exactly how it goes, but it certainly feels like that, especially at the mile and a half. Um, you know, it's nice to see some of these other, other guys get in there. Uh, I'll tell you who was not getting in there and might need to go back to the drawing board back at his new shop, Brad Keselowski. Ooh. <laughs> Ryan, you don't leave Brad the, you, you don't leave the mothership of team penske and try and take your font on the way out and you know you don't get the bad ford engines he, he was running uh you know what the 51 car the you know the rick Ware racing he had one of those engines in there that that was a bad look for brad k and clint boyer just kept saying oh he's just looming back there he's just looming back there he just stayed in the back of course he was looming what else would he be doing yeah, he's, he's looming because he doesn't oh, have looming. any horsepower to get up there <laughs> terrible no Nobody wants parody more than Brad Keselowski, that's for sure. <laughs> He's still uh, using the old gen parts, apparently. Uh, Ryan Priest got the uh, shipment that's meant to go to Roush Racing and to Rick Ware. And RFK is such a dumb name to initialize, you know, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Just, just call it, it's so bad. Just call it Roush. Who cares? Are they, they going to call their Bush team RFK Jr.? <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah, it's. There's there's some kinks that need to be worked out there. I'm not a fan of like they're just whole rebrand of everything. The the font, the the number, a lot of shimmer it seems like on their cars. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there. When you got a great personality like Brad Keselowski as your flagship <laughs> driver, you need the cars to match that. So you know it, it was expected yeah. to get that big purple and yellow machine, whatever. I notice he hasn't pulled in uh, any new sponsors. He's just sort of recycling the same old Roush sponsors, Kohler generators. I guess it's purple velocity. I don't even know what the hell that is, but. There's some like cyber defense company, but what kind of, yeah. What kind of ownership is he bringing to the table? Like, you know, Denny opened his team and was able to bring Michael Jordan aboard. Like that ownership makes sense to me, but I I don't know what Brad Keselowski did besides just bring himself as a driver, but I guess he's going to bet on himself. That's better than bringing Michael Jordan. Probably. I mean, (laughs) What more do you need? All right. Well, let's get um, uh, over to a new segment with the gas man called Gassed Up or Running on Empty. (laughs) This is sure to like break podcast records right here. We're going to go straight to the podcast Emmys for this segment. Papa Bear Dave is going to lead us here. Dave, why don't you give uh, the premise behind your, your new segment here? So the idea is just everyone picks one nugget from the weekend. Well, two. One great nugget, gassed up, and one less great nugget, running on empty. A great example of running on empty from last year would have been Austin Dillon's tie that came above his belly button. <laughs> um, that'd be a wonderful runner on empty. And and again, I'm leading off. Um, so for my gassed up, give me Ice Cube, man. Ice Cube at halftime of a sport that doesn't have halftime was just awesome for an exhibition in L.A. I actually thought he did a really good job. Um, when you talk about explicit rap, right? Like be, going on national television, it can go one of two ways. And I thought he did a great job. He still brings it. That was an awesome performance. Running on empty. Give me Tyler Reddick machine issues. Can't finish the race because I think the equipment he had, aside from whatever went wrong and the way he drives uh, would have made it really fun to watch him drive the rest of that race. All right, gas man. You got to get a running things here now, man. Who's next? All right. So uh, I, I let's try and keep it kind of quick, kind of fire it. If you don't have it, just don't don't uh, 
Don't wait, say wait, anything. Wait, wait, wait. But... You get you get ten minutes to go through your two, but we got to keep it quick and fiery. <laughs> Give it to me, boys. I'm the, I'm the guest, man. Okay. This is my segment now. All right, crew chief. Got it. So uh, you know, let's go to the crew chief. Let's see. Let's see what he's got for us this week. All right, guest up was the blonde woman with the mullet and the Ryan Blaney shirt getting down to Ice Cube during halftime. I don't know if she was an Ice Cube fan before the race. She's certainly an Ice Cube fan after the race. That was awesome. I'm gonna have to, I'm going back on the DVR. I'm going to screenshot that and post it on Twitter. The, the, the was, crowd shot. They kept showing the same like 20 like high school age yeah. kids. They just keep like panning to them just a little bit zoomed out or zoomed in differently. But it was the same kids that they just kept showing over and over again. Yeah, except for and her. Except for this woman, <laughs> yeah. Um, my worst was similar to Dave. It was just the cars falling apart. A couple uh, powertrain new pieces that were collapsing there. But I, so, since Dave took that, my second um, running on empty was Austin Dillon's fire suit, which looked like he borrowed like a clown suit, stuffed like 25 t-shirts in his arms and legs and was walking down and around. I don't understand how he didn't get the slim fit <laughs> cut, but it's not a good look. Austin Dillon gets a lot of love on this podcast. I tell you what. Maybe that, hey, maybe that's the secret to him finishing up there near the top. Maybe he had about 15 pounds of lead in that fire suit. <laughs> Connor, you're not muted. Give it, give it to us. Okay, Garrett, I believe they're called the potties, the, the podcast awards. Anywho, I've got about a quarter tank left on my car. Um, and my gassed up for this weekend was hanging out with my uh, my good bros and friends, the gas man and the crew chief this weekend on Saturday. We watched the little uh, uh, practice runs, NASCAR, we watched a little basketball. It was, it was a good time. My running on empty was... Uh, kind of going along with what you guys are saying about the crowd, the crowd for the Pitbull uh, performance. It looked like he, there was no one paying attention. It looked like there, he was performing in front of 10 people. Must have been real, uh, you know, de or humiliating for him to, to perform that. Dale, Dale, what you got? All right. My gassed up for the weekend is, I think, just the whole scene. Kind of what I was saying earlier. It was cool to see NASCAR not do something lame. I had a lot of people on my timeline that were not NASCAR adjacent talking about it, which was sweet. So I think following football, following stuff that was going on helped them, and they did it in the right way. Uh, my running on empty... Um, going back to parody, it was a bummer to see Larson take out Justin Haley there at the end. You know, he was running up there for a while. It would have been cool to see a new guy coming up towards the finish. But my man got my guy got jacked up. He was running on empty tires. So what are you going to do? Rubbing his racing. Rhino, bring it home. Uh, my up is actually the same incident. I, I was up for Kyle Larson taking out my guy, J.J. Haley. And I, I love college racing. But I think Kyle Larson was playing a little too nice. Last year, I think you want to stay on everyone's good side, so it's good to see he's kind of mixing up a little bit. Am I running on empty is this clip. What a crowd. What a place. What an event. That's exactly right. NASCAR and Fox have you know collaborated together to put on this great entertainment event. And oh, by the way, there's a race as part of it. Pitbull was great. Ice Cube was great. They got a DJ playing during the cautions. I agree with you, Tony. Saturday night or any short track promoter, 
should take a look and see what's happening here. What the hell is Mike Joy talking about? He want <laughs> he wants Hagerstown Speedway, my local dirt track or pavement, whatever it may be, to fly an ice cube in Pitbull to promote their Saturday night racing. Would that not what be is incredible? I think a DJ maybe was more the takeaway there. You know, oh spend my God, Mike somebody Joy. on the ones and twos during high. the cautions. Go for Pitbull. Pitbull. What's a good NASCAR DJ name? Ooh. DJ Wheels. DJ Lugnut. <laughs> DJ Lugnut. <laughs> All right, before we sign, let me give an honorary running on empty to Denny Hamlin's jacket, which just said Paris and had the jump man as the R, and it was just absolutely atrocious. Dill's headed to Europe and asked where he could get one for the trip, and I'm pretty sure it's already at Goodwill next to the Coliseum. The first good thing Denny's done in years was wear that jacket. That thing was hot. It's hard to, hard to make the Jumpman look bad. That was bad. That was, that, was, that must have been a prank. Like, Denny Hamill was like, hey, uh, jump, Jumpman brand, uh, I need some sweet new, like, swag, you know? And he has no style. They're like, yeah, just, just wear this jacket. It's pretty sweet. He's like, yeah, all right, cool. Paris. I've been there, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Dave. Way to get We're gassed the, up, baby. The first uh, gassed up and running on empty segment. Appreciate that one. Uh, Ryan, let's uh, stick it with you and uh, get into stage two where we talk about the other biggest stories in NASCAR. Uh, and we give it to you because you're a gas and go correspondent. So, Ryan, over to you. Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino and this. Is your stage two gas and go news? It was announced before the Bush light clash that new 2311 driver Kurt Bush is partnering with Jordan Brand and will run the logo on his car all year. Dylan, have you already purchased your black flat brim Jordan monster hat? Or are you going to wait for them to go on sale like the uh, the Paris jacket? That will be a, a must own once they're on sale. But I think for as far as uh, owner related sponsorships go, having the Jordan jump man on your hood is as cool as that gets. After much speculation and waiting, Floyd Mayweather is going to try to make the Daytona 500 with fan favorite Kaz Gra-la-la-la-la-la. Connor, is this a big deal for NASCAR to attract another celebrity owner or just another zero story? A big deal. More people coming to the sport, more big names. I think that's very exciting. Uh, let's hope that this next-gen car can uh, ex- or shoot Mr. Kaz Ka- Gra-la-la-la-la to a Daytona qualifying uh, position. We'll see, though. Not easy to say. Keystone Light is confirmed to be back with Team Penske in the number two car for the All-Star Race at Texas. Dave, I know it's not the classic Blue Deuce with Rusty Wallace, but it's still good to keep Molson cores in NASCAR, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I think they've got an opportunity to do a really great scheme. My only issue is, if you ask me who are the top five guys you expect to have never consumed a Keystone Light, Austin Cindric makes the list. In other Blue Deuce news, Penske announced that Austin Sindrick's holler is completely electric. Garrett, as one of the marketing experts on the podcast, how many drivers on the road that, you know, that truck see were convinced to turn their gas guzzling cars into uh, green electric cars? This was the epitome of a marketing scheme. The electric, the electric holler drove from Ontario, California to the track, which is like a 20 mile ride. So. <laughs> He, they use the old gas hauler to uh, get get around the rest of the country, um, but you know this is this is just another step for NASCAR going electric. So uh, brace yourself, gas man. 
Soon enough, Connor and me's original prediction will come true. Give us What's our day. segment going to be called? <laughs> Nazar State Shoe, Gas and Go News. I'm Rhino. Garrett, back to you. All right. Thanks, Rhino. Good uh, good rundown. I'm glad I got the uh, lecture. All the top stories were found. Yeah. I, I scoured the internet all day, all along. Feel, felt like a missed opportunity for a, a knockout with uh, Mayweather coming to this sport. But <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I, I can't say I know what the hot stories were this week, but I can guarantee you those four were pretty far down the list. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always big when Kaz makes the news. Yeah. Glad we're tackling the big issues here on the Casco <laughs> podcast. And the third best Penske driver has a new hauler. You get that on the show. That, that was that was the one thing I said when I agreed to do this. Well, speaking speaking Penske, and before we jump into paint schemes, did oh. we know there would be black Penske rims? Oh, that should have been my what's down instead of playing a thirty second clip. That would have made shocked. a lot more sense. But yeah, yeah that was. Uh, I left it for you. That was that was disgusting, and you know, thank you for giving me my own time to talk about that instead of in stage three. <laughs> it was it was hard to see. I still love the picture Garrett sent from Richmond of you know all the you know, the tires out there and you could definitely see all the Penske ones. So it'll be missed. I think maybe they can get a waiver, maybe something going on, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hurt. Just another casualty of the uh, next gen car. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, let's get into stage three. Bill play us into stage three. All right. We're talking paint schemes, our favorite part of pretty much NASCAR. Uh, the best looking cars. And I mean, so here, here's the interesting part. We haven't really dived into the next gen paint scheme number shifting uh, on this podcast. Cause you know, we took a little hiatus there. So this is going to be interesting to see uh, where people go with this. Cause uh, I think there were some, some hits and some misses. Um, so yeah, I'm just interested to see what you guys think. So let's go around the horn here. Spotter cons lead us off. The number 18, I give it to them almost every week, and they used uh, the perfect scheme to really help that weird number placement. Uh, the M&Ms kind of took center stage there. The red M&M was pointing at, at us. thought it was really nicely done. That was pretty much the only car I could stand. Are All they right. going to replace these M&Ms once they become? Absolutely. Uh, woke characters now as well Ooh, well i don't think they have the shoes on the green one i think that was like the biggest thing was her shoes and it's not even on the car so <laughs> I am, i'm not privy to this have we gotten kyle bush's opinion on the new m&ms yet this is why we need the journalists in the press conferences to ask the tough questions <laughs> i gotta fire up the old uh, nascar media login Get back I'm in sure there. that still works. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they definitely wiped that server clean after the end of the year. <laughs> uh, all right, Dill, since you're uh, chiming in here, why don't you give us your favorite paint scheme? All right, I think there's like half of these cars did the new number all right, and half of them had no idea how to adjust to it, which was tough. But uh, one that we just talked about, I thought the Tron car from Austin Cindric was cool, given their whole electric thing given the whole california just electric car like culture and everything that goes on there so i thought it was a locally placed well done car that we've seen before but was brought out at a new time and i think the number placement helps kind of just like the tron 
you know, whatever those things are designed stand out a little bit more. I think actually the I agree with you, Dylan. I think the design of the new the shape of the new car was beneficial to that scheme. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate that scheme, I thought it was one of the better re-upped ones. All right, Dave, go ahead. All right. Let it be known that I was not a fan of the number switch. I remain, I, I'm more indifferent now than I was before. I, somebody said, you know, when you see them on the track, you'll barely notice. And I didn't really, it didn't bother me as much when they're out there racing. Now that I'm looking on J-Ski, looking at pictures. Eh. Anyway, I did think a few teams did it all right. So it's no surprise that Kevin, no, I'm kidding. Not this time. Chris Boucher and the 17 uh, Fastenal matte paint, always a hit. Uh, but black and blue are just good colors for a race car. And I thought uh, the way they incorporated like the, I don't know if it's a honeycomb or what, kind of coming over the tire. I thought they did some nice details to make it a little less boring. But the matte paint for me was the key in a car that just looked pretty fast. Daves.com. Okay. All right. Yeah, that one wasn't on my radar, but I'm looking at it now. Do we, do, do we know what fast and all does? It's somewhere between like a medicated pain cream and a car lubricant. Something I feel like it's, it's got to be in there those. somewhere. It's one of those like shampoos that has five different functions going on there. <laughs> stuff and it'll do something eventually. Conditioner, face wash, tire, axle, lube. Oh, God. I, I don't know. Do you, does anybody actually know? I have no idea. They're fasteners. <laughs> Fastenal is the largest fastener distributor in north america hmm. but i got the, the construction industrial and safety products all right next time i'm going to get my fasteners all right you know what aisle to go <laughs> down yeah. the fastenal <laughs> uh right right before i go I, I got something else for dave to get mad about when they were showing the commercials for the vegas race they were showing pit stops with the multi-lug uh gun yeah that gun a little is bit famous. of false advertising all right, Dave wasn't as fired up as I thought. I'm going to go with the FedEx number 11, Denny Hamlin. New scheme. I think they did it well with the big wow. FedEx on the side. And FedEx has such good colors, the orange and purple. I think they did it well with the gradient. Interesting. I there's, It's a little too busy for me, the 11. A lot of white on the side, too. Just a lot of white. It's popping. What do you want it to be, purple? I don't that 11. Are, are you referring to Denny Hamlin in the Paris jacket white or just oh, color white? <laughs> I was looking at the wrong one. I think it's a good looking car. I, his FedEx cars are usually kind of lame, but I thought they did well with the grading on the bottom, but didn't make it too big. I, I like the white. Like, he had some good cars last year, though. That was like the only yeah. we brought up his cars a lot last year. Yeah, we did. We did. You're right. Um, all right. I'm going here. I think so. I Obviously, the William and Byron. Valvoline car was awesome. Not my favorite Valvoline paint scheme. I'll, I'll put that out there, but still awesome. So I'm giving my uh, bumper sticker award to Ty Dillon in the number 42 Black Rifle Coffee Company car. I thought this was a really great job of the new number placement and getting as much sort of exposure there on the side for Black Rifle, taking up all the extra space. So and I like the color scheme and everything. It looked it looked good. I like that forty two in the in the uh, petty font too. So that was a good one. Yeah, it's um, a good looking car. Yeah, I I got to bring up here just just because I was scrolling through, and I saw Ricky Stenhouse. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> what is that on the hood? <laughs> that, you, that is that's food for less. That is Kroger's uh, name brand uh, whatever. But they. 
JTG Doherty, no matter what the car, no matter the body shape, they just seem to forget portions of the car. Sometimes it's the hood, sometimes it's the quarter panel, sometimes it's the back. They just run out of time and they just submit what they got. Here's you the last strap we did. You know how bad you have to mess up a Slim Jim car for none of us to give it a bumper sticker? <laughs> Didn't even give it a look. It doesn't look good. Uh, I agree with you, Garrett, on yeah. oh, Will, William Byron's uh, Valvoline car always looks good. My problem with this one is that it would it would have looked better with the original number placement that that they didn't utilize that at all they could have made the number i don't know yeah um, no you're right I don't, I don't dislike the scheme it just it didn't there's a, a clear issue between some of these sponsors that are just like some of these you know be it all boring or companies that are just long names for their brands and their logo is just a long name they don't have any like icon they can place in that little spot yeah. It just looks really weird. You need either that icon or a vertical logo or something to make them look all right. Like the Logano one with the Pennzoil wasn't bad. Uh, there's a few in there. Though. Yeah, Harvick added a bush light can on this uh, right on the yeah. door. That you know, it's a good use how, of space. How on earth does Hendrick send Kyle Larson out in the ugly <laughs> NASCAR his first race? It got worse. It got worse. That is the worst thing I've ever seen. Just remember, it was to honor Rick Hendrick's dead son. Just keep that in mind. Okay, continue. <laughs> I t- I told Garrett and Connor on Saturday, the only redeeming quality this car has is that they could literally write .com <laughs> in the blank space under HendrickCars.com. It could say HendrickCars.com .com. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. It's... Uh, you know, I mean, if you look at Martin Truex Jr.'s car, it looks like the same as last year. Like they did, they do a really good job on that 19, fitting it all in and making it all look good together. I, I think, I, I, I think I most of the big teams did a good job integrating, right? Like Napa's logo just moved forward, got bigger. The Bush Light can is nice and prominent. FedEx, you just you extend it. And then there's some teams that just did it poorly. Yeah. You know, look, I thought it looked good, which I wasn't expecting to look good. Uh, was Dill's boy the forty-five monster? Kirk yeah, it looked shined in that little space right there. That yeah. logo. They did a good job with that. Is it is the numbers just forward, or did like the cars shrink too? They look like it looks like it's less space. The the uh, back end is a little bit shorter, I think, if I remember. And I'm sure somebody who knows more about this than me will fact check me, but I thought they're a little bit more truncated towards the rear but i'm not it looks like the door is like smaller like shorter not as tall i guess i don't know the whole car is just silly looking i feel like it's less like a car and more i don't know like a i mean it looks like a corvette or something but like scrunched up i don't know it looks strange to me i don't mind the car i don't like the the hood kind of hurts paint schemes a lot with the um the vents there yeah so it makes yeah. it less legible for sure yeah yeah it's still good to see that menards is keeping their highlighter scheme <laughs> that, that was just kind of that was comforting <laughs> to see out there yeah you know, it made it cooler colored wheels <laughs> come on dave i i almost <laughs> forgot about it facts are facts cooler virtual meme of the head exploding underglow <laughs> <laughs> for a day race <laughs> there's shadows what what is Mahinda Tractors doing with Chase Briscoe? We love Chase Briscoe, you know, OKG all the way, but that does not scream tractors to me. I know they're doing the commercials, but 
You got to put a freaking tractor on the car. Yeah. That's easy. easy. It looks more like a tool company, the way they're they're on there or something. They're competing with fasteners. They should be selling me tractors. <laughs> Here we are talking about it. Here we are talking about it. They had a good That's commercial true. with uh, him and Tony Stewart, though. Was that Saturday night? But there was a commercial. There's a Mahindra tractors commercial with Chase and Tony. They're pouring money into it. That's for sure. All right. Anything else? We're, we're getting a little stale here. Just I'm interested to see. I, I hope things evolve through the year. Spire needs to figure out what the hell they're doing with that number seven on the side of Corey Ooh, LaJoy's car. That, you can't, I mean, it looks like it's like the wheel flap coming off of it or something. Like, it's like a, it's like a greater than sign trying to eat the, the front wheel. <laughs> oh, man. God, I needed like, I needed Suarez to have a better scheme. He, he yeah. kind of seemed like he was the main show almost if you're watching all the Fox coverage, you know, yep. which makes sense. But he needed more than the freeway insurance, blue and green car. I mean, it's it that was a tough look. The Coke, maybe the Coke car that he's run before, but yeah. that, huge. that one, nice. that was a no-go for me. Yeah, speaking of the vents on the hood blocking the name, you can't even see. It's like F and then like no letter and then E-E uh way it's very strange Feeway cons get it straight <laughs> i'm real curious to see how throwback schemes look on these very modern cars Ooh, good um, point dave so yeah. that that i think will be a test that's a good point all right well i think we uh wore this one out this week um like i said interested to see how these things evolve throughout the year and dave made a good point we'll see how the uh throwback weekend which will be here before we know it um but anyway we are uh back sort of now maybe doing some weekly episodes we'll see how things go uh couldn't pass up doing an episode on the bush clash though what a what an awesome weekend for nascar um just a ton of fun great racing that track looks so good i i feel bad that they had to tear that thing up today because that was one of the best looking asphalt tracks i've seen in nascar in a while or not asphalt i guess it was yeah it was asphalt um so yeah that was awesome but uh anyway thanks for stopping by this week uh hopefully we'll be back in a, a week or two to talk about daytona uh, until then keep grinding we'll keep grinding alongside you and we'll see you soon California.